Hey, this is Jamie from Green River Ordnance. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast on Lone Star Community Radio. If you like this show or other shows on Lone Star Community Radio, make sure to subscribe to them on YouTube and iTunes and also Google Play. Uh, if you have any questions about sponsorships or being a guest on these kind of shows, make sure you email me. I'm the station manager. Hi, my name is Dick, and you can email me at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com, or you can call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Just want to let you know we're here to support Montgomery County and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, this is Cindy Cochran. Welcome to the podcast of my show. Remember, you can join me live every weekday morning from 10 to 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio on Conroe's FM 106.1 and 104.5 and globally on IRLoneStar.com. And don't forget, you can download our app at your app store. If you're a big fan of my podcast, subscribe to my YouTube and SoundCloud channels. And you're always invited to my Facebook page, The Cindy Cochran Show, for the latest show info. Thank you again for listening. And now enjoy. And you're on the Cindy Cochran Show. It's 10 o'clock. It's Wednesday, middle of the week. We're almost there. And uh, it's always a fun day for Wednesday. What, are you trying to get rid of me already? You've had me back for two days and you're trying to kick me off now? I know. I just, you know, I should have worn like really something casual today because this is my Friday. Casual Friday. (laughs) <laughs> I wear the same thing every day. I was going to say, <laughs> every day is casual Friday just, for you, Cindy. <laughs> I decided I'm going to do a uniform. I'm not going to get up and have to try and figure out what I'm going to wear every single day and then I come down here. So I thought, I'm wearing a silver rock. Well, you got rock. your silver rock shirt on. I, I have Brian my will be happy sil- I know it. And probably they want me to cut my hair to here so it would show the silver rock <laughs> production um silver rock productions is a great production house in the woodlands and uh well, well tell not, them you'll cut your hair if they sponsor your show that's what i'm gonna do and say like uh it'll only cost you this much for me to cut my hair so you can see your you know your ad on the youtube you and everything That'll else work. i think that's perfect uh and the the deep resonance voice that you're hearing is that of Denton Florian, he's in the house. I can't believe it. He's here. <laughs> Denton Florian. Well, I mean, stop it's just it. been so long since I've had it your has. your brain here. And I just love you for your brain. You know, that's the truth. Uh, is because this guy is so smart and he uh, has studied so much as he did his uh, film biography of uh, biography of Sam Houston, the movie and uh the state the statesman, the senator. Give me that title again, how long that title is. Uh, well, the tagline was uh, oh. American Statesman, Soldier, and Pioneer. That's that's the one I couldn't remember. But it's Sam Houston, we know that. And Sam Houston's uh, statue's still up, right? As far as I know, okay. it's still up. It scared me because there was a story yesterday uh, where the mayor was saying, uh, leave the statues alone, and uh, we're not allowing you to take any statues down, so just back off everybody. And uh, Mayor Turner... Uh, Sylvester Turner uh, is was uh, talking, and they were in Rice, near Rice University, and that mm-hmm. scared me. I went, "Whose statues? They were going to blow it up. Somebody they caught him in time, and he was going to blow it up, the statue up." So, um, I don't know which statue it was, but I'm thinking it was. A, I think I saw a picture of it, and I think it's the one um, on the other side of the medical center, kind of on the uh, east side, uh, at Herman Park. Her- Herman? It was, it, that, that was not the statue of Sam Houston that was in danger. There was a. Yeah. There's a 
a, a much smaller. Um, it's white. It's a, just a Confederate soldier. And uh, I saw a picture of it in the paper, and I've passed that statue lots of times going uh-huh. to the medical center. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but, but still, but it scared uh, you know, me. Yeah. He was close. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, Guy with explosives, nitroglycerin, and uh, yeah, it would take a lot of nitroglycerin to take down that same Houston statue yeah. off of 45, though. Don't oh, underestimate. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a 30 foot, it's 30 feet, right? Is it 30 foot tall? Oh, same 67. Houston? Yeah, it's 67. Excuse me. Yeah. Twice that amount. Um, yeah. And uh, that statue is uh, him walking out of the forest. So, I can't imagine someone coming down that 45 corridor, you know, late at night where there's fogginess and, and stuff, and they happen upon that because that did happen to me. I had not seen the statue. I hadn't been down 45 that far in a long time. So I'm going to Lubbock, and I'm driving down there, and it is foggy. And here looks like the ghost of Sam Houston is walking out of the forest. And it's <laughs> the, oh, that is an amazing sight. Uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah, that statue ought to be a challenge for anybody. But uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about, you know, the, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, nobody's going to criticize anybody. Nobody's going to disparage anybody. Well, I might. Except if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> Some people need it. But we'll, we'll start off like that. And then as we get heated in this subject matter, uh, then, then we will, uh, then we'll definitely uh, get into it. And and where's Richard right now? Uh, Richard is at a Chamber of Commerce, one of the Chamber of Commerce meetings. Yes, so he's so not listening. He's not listening. We are <laughs> we are clear and free, but please don't oh, get wow. me fired. You know that I want. I'll we'll take a picture of you being, you know, you're strapped to this chair. Your hands are. You got uh, me tied up. Yeah, tied up, and you can't you can't touch the buttons. <laughs> but you, you verbally tie me up quite often, so <laughs> I'm used to it now. That's true. Richard will say. Why did she say this? Why did she do this? But um, anyway, we're just here to kind of look at the real history behind some of the fake history and fake uh, just people going crazy about why they think they're tearing these, you know, these people down and what happened there. And and, uh, I just found out the ESPN fired this guy because his name was Robert Lee. One of the announcers, and he's been fired because they thought his name would cause too much controversy. That makes me want to puke. ESPN's having a hard enough time because they're they're starting to get pretty political, and uh, and now they've done this, and there's a big outrage about people like what? So if we're our name's Lee, our last name's Lee, then we've got troubles. And um, uh, Robert Lee is Asian. That's what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> you, he always beats me to this, and he's Asian. <laughs> So the poor guy. You can't like, make this stuff up. No. The connection there, there there's no. got to be a lawsuit to follow. Don't you think he's going, are you thinking people aren't going to be able to figure this out? No? Okay. Um, yeah, so ESPN, everybody calm down. Take a breath. But um, the frenzy that started and that has gone on, uh, I was talking to Denton about it because Denton is knowledgeable about a lot of um, of history. He's not the expert on the Civil War or anything like that. But we're going to talk about just the common sense of a lot of this. And if you do know backstory, it does make a difference in the way that you you look at something. So if, the more you know, the better. And it's, it's interesting, a uh, survey, they, they started doing surveys. Like, mm-hmm. do you think the statues, statues should... I've got this thing I have to wear in my upper palate, and it's 
It's too thick. And I can't say statues. I can't say Mississippi. I, so I'll be going along and I'm just like, and then all of a sudden that tongue will hit that and go like, nope, I sound like I have, a, you know, one of those retainers in. And that's exactly what it feels like. So uh, but I'm going to have that taken care of where I'll be able to say statue. And this is a bad show not to be able to say statues. <laughs> so anyway, so that frenzy that happened and started and they did this, uh, they uh, did a uh, survey, and it said that the majority of blacks don't think they should come down, leave the history up there for us to see. And, uh, and then a, a majority of people didn't care. I don't care. I don't care. And it was a smaller percentage that said, yes, take them all down. They're, you know, they're offensive and all that. So it, it's just interesting. And if there couldn't be anything more divisive than all of this, and... Uh, and who you were watching up there pulling all this down, it was a majority of white kids that were there doing this, the, you know, the college kids that were there doing all this. And uh, you want to ask them, do you know the story behind it? Do you know who you're pulling down? Do you really understand what the, no. the environment was at that time, what, the, you know, what was going on at that Cindy, time? Cindy, they can't tell you who fought in the Civil War, much less who won it or what <laughs> it was about. I mean... They they're, have a universal ignorance right. of, of history, and it's sad. It is? Oh, it is so sad. Uh, so to try and think that they're going to erase, erase history like this, then they need to go back and, and read Mein Kampf. They need to read some, some stories about what German, Germany did. Germany. How did I get those two together? German, the Germans did. Whenever they were, uh, you know, trying to erase the Jewish nation from their site and to burn the books that had anything to do with that and and that you know someone said the books will be next anything that has to do with the civil war or any of that will be you know we're going to wipe that out but why would you do that did you ever see the movie white knights with mikhail Baryshnikov and uh yes gregory yes gregory hines was gregory that, hines. The, yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yes uh there yes. 1985 is a long time ago but there was a scene i remember <clears throat> in there where uh it's been so long since I've seen the movie. I don't remember the plot other than he was a Soviet uh, dancer who had defected and right. the plot of the movie somehow or another put him back in the, the Soviet Union and he ended up in Leningrad and he, he ran into a bunch of his old friends and this kind of thing. And um, he, he came across a troop of uh, dancers from the Bolshoi and they looked upon him as, as somewhat of a curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was confused by this because he had been a national hero. He had been this icon. I mean, he was, he was somebody that everybody would have known and recognized uh, at one time. And then in a burst of realization, he said to himself, of course, you were never told that I exist. That's right. That's you know, right. He didn't exist anymore. He was That's gone. right. That's exactly right. Now, and, and, that, and I understand at that time, they probably felt they could erase you know, the memories and all of this, and then the next generation would not know who these people were and that they would not have no power, they'd have no influence and impact. And all they did was just incite, you know, so many other people, and that usually is what, you know, what happens. But I, I'm, so, um, I'm so excited for you to tell some stories that I had never heard before. Uh, and one of them was just good grief if people understood what this person that they're calling all these names and trying to deface and all that, uh, what 
where that came from and who that person really was and what that person was really trying to do. And that's what we're going to get into in our next segment. He's going to tell a story about Robert E. Lee and uh, uh, what happened after the war. And a lot of people that don't know that the Union came to him to be the commander yeah, of, yeah. of the Yankees. The, yeah. And uh, and he said no, because whatever Virginia was going to do, he'd be there. Right. That's what that's what he said. And so uh, so he went that way. And I think a lot of people don't understand he was he was revered uh, by the North. So anyway, we're, we're going to get to a lot of stories that just will you'll go like, what? Nobody ever told me that. Only on the Cindy Cochran Show, exclusively here with Denton Florian. What the history books won't tell you. I'm telling you, and it's just sad. Or they will, but you have to read them. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's what you do with those? Oh, I, I thought they were pillows. <laughs> and you would think they were all written in cursive where people like uh, Jake wouldn't be able to understand what they're saying. Anyway, this is the Cindy Cochran Show, real reality radio. Be right back. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. This is Rick TRC. Every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, I play today's country hits on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, the type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears on Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5. 106.1 and as always on worldwide irlonestar.com Hi, this is Cindy. Thank you for taking the time to snuggle up with a good computer and a latte grande and listen to the Cindy Cochran Show having fun with the world's news and local happenings in your own backyard. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. And you're back on the Cindy Cochran Show. It is Wednesday, and I have in the house with me Denton Florian. And we're going to be jump right in the middle of the fray of uh, what's been going on. And I know that you guys have been following all the news and, and all the uh, name-calling and all the fun that's been happening out there. Oh, my word. But uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, Jake, are you listening? You're going to have a little history lesson now. A little history lesson? Yes, you are. And uh, I thought I was done with school. No, you're going to take notes. This is the guy that you would want to be teaching you history. He's the one that has all the backstories in history that make it even more interesting. But, um, okay, so you went to the University of Texas. Right. And uh, tell me, what what, you, what happened last night? That was Well, they, they apparently have removed uh, the remainder of the statues that were on the South Mall that were donated by uh, a man named Littlefield. They've been there 100 years. And um, it doesn't surprise me, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it is very disturbing. 
Well, you know, what's funny is I think people thought that as soon as the war was over, somebody made the statue and they had Robert E. Lee sit on his horse and, and he posed for the statue and it came out, you know, a week later after the war. And the, a lot of these statues didn't come till much, much later and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and went up and people that paid for them and wanted to, uh, to, you know, remember these people. This is history. This is how we, we remember. There's a lot of things in the, uh, in the Smithsonian that, um, that you, you go through and you look at and you see these things and they, you know, you learn a lesson from them and all that. So, um, and if, if I was going to be offended by, by something and want it torn down because it offends me that it's standing up there. I, you know, as a Christian, I'd hate to travel to Rome and have them, look, that Colosseum's got to go because how many Christians were killed and eaten by lions and was entertainment for people. And I, that, it offends me and I want it taken down. Well, that to me just because ludicrous as, as what, what's happening now. This is, this is just a history marker in time. And this is what uh, we learn from and get better I think we've all gotten better and the statues have been there and we've uh, we've progressed and kind of gotten to a to a better side of ourselves. I mean, you know, the statue in Charlottesville was was put up in uh, 1924. Right. And right. I think that statue tells us more about what was going on in 1924 yes. than maybe it tells us about anything else. And in 1924, if you were a veteran, if you were 20 years old in 1865, you were 79 in 1924. So these people were dying. These right. people were, and we do the same thing in, in modern times, except it manifests itself in different ways. How many World War II films have been made? Dunkirk, uh, Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, Iwo Jima, uh, and there's all the honor flights taking people to Washington, D.C., and so on. There's a lot of attention being given to the World War II veterans right now because right. we're losing them fast. That's right. Uh, That's right. And the same thing was going on in the early 20th century and, and in the 1920s and 30s. Well, I think that um, when we were talking about Robert E. Lee and knowing that he was someone who the the North honored with the, you know, wanting to commission him to be the commander of the troop of the troops, and uh, then he chose to stay with Virginia and whatever they decided, whichever way they wanted to go, he was going to be there with them. So, so he, he's the commander of this, the, the South loses, and, uh, and everyone believes that the whole reason for the war was the slavery. So if you were white and from the South, then you were a slave owner and you were um, someone who was a racist and your next you know, the progression and evolution, you'd become a KKK member and a neo-Nazi or what, whatever. And tell me, in, in the history of, of the Civil War, what, what was the main driving force? Do you, do you believe it was the South, from the South, as the North was coming toward them? Well, first of all, I'll just say that, you know, history is always more complicated than we want to make it. We like, we like to explain everything in 20-second sound bites mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, are easy and go down without a lot of chewing. And, and uh, we like clear, defined lines and easy answers, and there just aren't any. It's always more complicated than that. Hence, education. That's why it's important to study and learn right. and those kinds of things. Um, Robert E. Lee... You're right. He was uh, offered the command of the Union forces. He was deeply tied to George Washington. His father, uh, uh, Light Horse Harry Lee, had been one of George Washington's key officers during the Revolution. 
Uh, Robert E. Lee married George Washington's granddaughter. Um, George Washington is even on the seal of the Confederate <clears throat> of the Confederate States. You know, they uh, uh, Robert E. Lee named one of his own kids uh, George Washington. So he had served decades in the Union Army. He had served in the uh, in Texas. He was stationed here in Texas. Uh, he served in the Mexican War, as a lot of those guys did. So this was a very, very difficult decision for him. In the end, he decided that uh, whatever Virginia did, he decided that was his duty, that was his home, and he would he would go with Virginia, whatever they decided to do. He could not raise his sword against his home. And so he was very conflicted uh, very much. during the whole thing. And then when it ended and the South had lost, uh, but he saw how divided the country had become. What was his purpose in life at that point? Well, let me tell you my, uh, a quick little sidebar here. My, my father was in Europe in 1945, and two of his friends were shot and killed by Nazi snipers who he was guarding. My dad was in charge of uh, guarding uh, some food trains. He was in charge of 126 MPs, and the aid was pouring in the rear, and they were making sure this food got distributed fairly and didn't get looted and all those kinds of things. And two, there were these insurgent bands of, of you know, insurgent Nazis that there was a lot of mop-up, a lot of cleanup that was necessary. You know, just because the front moves to Berlin doesn't mean that there aren't a bunch of guys in the woods mm -hmm. out there, right? So uh, two of his friends were, were shot, and he dove behind the wheel of a truck, or I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Oh so Lord. in after Appomattox, the war, there was an official surrender, but there was nothing said that there wouldn't, the, the fear was that there would be these lots of uh, insurgent Confederate uh, operators kind of doing their own thing that would just melt into those mountains and you would never dig them out of there. You talk about a problem. I mean, mm -hmm. that would have been a serious, serious issue. We could have been, you know, the Balkans or something. And Robert E. Lee said, no. Robert E. Lee said, it's over. And we need to reconcile and we need to be one people. And he, his behavior after Appomattox, after the surrender, what he felt publicly, I mean, what he felt personally was one thing. Uh, he was, you know, I, I mean, I'm not him. I, I don't want to, I can't sit here and pretend that I know what he was thinking, but he had to have been very disturbed and bitter and, and angry and everything else about having lost the war. But publicly, he did over and over again many things to reconcile, and his public behavior was always an example to everybody else in the South to, to move on. And, and, uh, and that was one of the um, uh, remarkable things about his sense of duty and his personal emotional restraint and his public demeanor. Um, he just did lots of things to bring people back together for please, the rest of his life. Please tell people that poignant story that you told me um, uh, at church. Well, in St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, um, you know, after the war, the, uh, in religious services, the, the, the blacks and whites sat in different places and the whites took communion first. And there's a story that, uh, in uh, the book, I believe it's, uh, April, 1865. And he sources all this. I don't have that in front of me, so I can't source it for you, but it's not hard to find if you Google this. Uh, a black man who nobody had seen uh, before. They didn't know him, apparently. But anyway, he came in. He went down front to, and knelt to take communion. 
and it was just a, a nobody knew what to do. It was it was a social um, moment that was awkward. It was extremely awkward. The the priest, the the pastor, didn't know what to do. Uh, everybody just kind of froze, and they were looking at each other. This breach of protocol and everything. And Robert E. Lee stood up, and in his um, stately way, and uh, and with his demeanor, and he walked down the aisle and walked down front and knelt next to the man, and took communion with him. And he knew what he was doing. You know, it was a public display, an illustration that society is moving forward and and we are part of that and this is what we have to do if if our country is going to survive that is an amazing story and i i love that that's not the only time or only thing that he he did in public uh trying to help people come together and say that this is you know this is not going to be accepted anymore we've got to come together and and realize that you know it's funny didn't I'm, I'm much older than you are, but I can remember <laughs> as a kid, as a kid um, when, because I was brought, raised, born and raised in Houston, and, and so I lived all my life there, and I've lived all my life there, and I, I, um, I had this feeling against Yankees. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> growing up, it was, it, it was a feeling, you know, that they thought they were better than we were, and because they won, and that... Um, you know, and if the South will rise again, you know, y'all better watch out. We're going to come back or something. It was a, it was a feeling that, that you had and, uh, um, or I had. And so I, I remember thinking this is so, so weird. The first time I, re- I was about 20 something and I realized that everybody didn't say y'all mm-hmm. and that, um, the North Northern people would say you guys. And I'm going like, how do you know who you're talking about when you say you guys instead of y'all? And, uh, and it was just, this and then when I found found out that most people thought that we had oil wells in our front yard and then we tied the horses up to you know from uh, going into the store and so I you know just realized that was you know in the 50s and so you think that was so it was far removed from the Civil War but there was still uh, there was still the division between the North and the South somebody and once we described thought. the Civil War as a war uh, from one form of society against another form of society. Right. And I it really was. Good, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, if you if you want to dig deep enough, it really, in the technical sense, it really wasn't even a civil war. No, wait. No, wait. Um, don't, don't go any further because we're going <laughs> to dig that ap- right after. Right. We're going <laughs> to dig that right after this break uh, that we're going to have right now on the Cindy Cochran Show. So we're going to leave you hanging with uh, Denton Florian, who we're going to discuss what the Civil War was all about. Was it really civil? No, probably. You wouldn't consider it that way. The Cindy Cochran Show, Real Reality Radio. We'll be right back. Don't go away. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online 
at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Hi, this is Cindy Cochran, and just want to thank you for listening. And remember, I'm live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m., and you can interact with the show through my Facebook page, The Cindy Cochran Show. It's real reality radio. Hey, give your ears a treat. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. And we're back on the Cindy Cochran Show. It is Wednesday and uh, a storm is coming. A storm is coming. And uh, it's not what you think it is. I mean, we feel like we've been in a storm for the last couple of weeks of of things that are going on. But this is a real live one that's um, moving into the Gulf. And so we might have... I, did, I didn't know we had a tropical storm until right now. <laughs> Have they named it yet? I didn't say a name online. But... Our meteorologist. Um, no, but it's uh, it's something that'll probably mess up your weekend. You know, here we're going to probably get the dirty size, but I heard. Now, that's just what I heard, you know, and you know how fake the news is. But um, anyway, this is what I've always thought when we start talking about hurricanes coming, then, and you've lived here long enough to, uh, to know that I understand this. That I thought there was, there had to be a conspiracy between the uh, meteorologists and uh, the grocery stores. Has to be because as soon as they even hint that there's a storm that may be coming, I guess <laughs> every bread, every piece of bread is gone, the milk is gone, and every battery that on all water is gone. And you can't find it. I go like, man, that's just amazing that the grocery stores profit off of the just the announcement with all the Yankees here. No, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Because the Yankees don't know what, you know, we're so desensitized to the hurricane. is like, oh, we're going to have some, a little more rain than normal. His but, name is Harvey. His name is Harvey. That's right. That's right. Harvey's perfect. Um, okay. We're talking to Denton Florian. We've been talking about the Civil War and um, and some stories about Robert E. Lee that you didn't know that, that you know, this guy was not a neo-Nazi. Why they're calling, calling him that is just, you know, on a racist because he fought on the on the uh, confederate side uh does not mean that everybody uh, was like that but the time and the time that we were they were in what the custom was and what had they been around for you know a long time that slaves had been brought over from you know the um not abolitionists <laughs> the ones that were that were sending the slaves and selling the slaves and making money off the slaves that were sending them over here um and that uh, how horrible that was. And a lot of people that would go like, this doesn't feel right. This just doesn't seem right. But this is the way I was brought up and when they were always there. And this well, listen, slavery was the universal condition of mankind. I mean, as long as there have been people around, there have been slaves. It's nothing unique to the United States. They call it the peculiar institution. There really wasn't anything peculiar about it. Um, <clears throat> the, um, 
uh, I lost my train of thought a second, but the, the, the slaves, you know, if, if you, did the people 150 years ago have different attitudes, uh, racial attitudes than we do today? Of course, yes. all of them did. That's right. Um, even the abolitionists, there's, you, you can read some of what the abolitionists wrote could never be printed in a modern newspaper. <laughs> um, no. But to, to look back and judge them by a moral standard that has advanced 150 years beyond their time, I think is grossly unfair. We ought to be thinking about what are people 150 years from now mm -hmm. going to look back and condemn us for? That's a much more difficult and much more uncomfortable question. Good, good point. Because, you know, what's interesting to me is I would feel so sorry for the Indians. I'd go like, you know, here they were doing their thing, and then we came over, and, uh, and what we did and what we uh, brought down them, I'm surprised that, you know, the Indians haven't been more vocal than they have. And I don't know if this is going to give them the uh, the fire and the and all to say, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all think y'all had a bad way. Let me tell you about what happened to us. And so a lot of people that rise up, either you move forward and you get better and you look back and go, that'll never happen again. Or you just wallow in in all the stuff that uh, it happened to you and how bad things were and, and all that. But I think that when, when, you know, like my grandchildren are just like, what are they talking about? They don't understand. They do not have any kind of, I, I guess until we're all gone and then you see what it is that they're going to take over and have to have to deal with. But you know, the it, monument, know. Lands, the monument landscape that we have, right. Those statues should be teaching tools. We ought to put up more monuments next to them if we mm -hmm. if we want to, or put up more interpretive uh, displays and information, and use those as teaching tools. Um, don't tear them down and try to erase them. You know, we're very close to Orwell's memory hole. Oh yes, it's very scary when very you think about that. Scary. I mean, it 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 truly is, and uh, you can't just say, okay, Robert E. Lee was uh, was a Nazi. And therefore, anybody who might say anything positive about Robert E. Lee is also a Nazi. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, what was a real Nazi? Yeah. Um, you know, it's important to learn about these people. Were they different? Yes. But why did they do what they do? Why did, why did they do what they did? Um, the, the most important thing to come out of the, the Civil War was the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, the 20th century, imagine the 20th century without the United States as we right. know it. I mean, the 20th century would have been very, very different. And uh, we ought to, uh, I, uh, like I said, I'm not a Civil War historian. I mean, I'm interested in it and I've read up on it and that kind of thing. But there are people that could really, really talk to you about this. But if you don't understand the Civil War, you cannot understand the United States. Uh, it's that important and it was that huge of an event. It was such a, there's been nothing else like it in scale. Even if we, if we had, uh, uh, if we were engaged today at the same rate as the Confederates were engaged, we would have 50 million people in uniform. Wow. If we, if our losses wow. today were comparable to the Confederate losses, we would have 14 million dead. You know, think about that. If you looked at all of the wars in the United States up to 1860, if you looked at the colonial wars, the American Revolution, the War of 1812, the Mexican War, and looked at those casualties, all of those casualties combined are less than what was suffered in two days at Shiloh in April of 1862. That's so, amazing. You know, let's pause for a moment mm -hmm. and think about what our ancestors endured 
and what that event was. And you can't just paste it over and say all those people were racist and Nazis, and so we should just take all their statues down. Right, right. Because it it is true. You know, I've I've heard this so long. Everybody's heard this so long. The slippery slope that you start on. This, to me, became, you know, the icon for that because the slippery slope is happening now on, on how the pressure happens and what people start you know start doing just like the ut and those things that you feel like will never happen and they're looking at the the jefferson memorial they're looking at so many other places where you go like and then george washington that people are calling for i'm like are you crazy this is going to be people are going to start going like okay you you've totally messed up your point and your point is not well taken anymore because of what you're trying to do and the way you're going about it. And, uh, and But you're right. Just adding more education to it would be helpful. The answer to ignorance is education. Right. That's right. Period. It's, it's, and we need to learn more about it. We need more monuments, more displays, not fewer. Uh, and, exactly. And, you know, our country advances, as the founder said, their hope was that it would be a more perfect union. It is a progression. Mm-hmm. You know, those people were born into slavery. They uh, grew up with slavery. It's all they had ever known. It was the history of mankind. It was something that just was. You know, they they didn't uh, uh, probably didn't think about it, think about it the way Shelby Foote, uh, the great Civil War historian, he said, "I guarantee you, neither the soldiers on either side." Mm-hmm. To quote him, he said, "Neither one of them gave a damn about the slaves. Right? They were." Uh, that's not why they were out there in the field doing what they were doing. And the South was, was afraid of of the North coming in to try and take away their lifestyle. Is that correct? That, that they were fe- uh, feared? They were afraid of uh, of them coming and taking over their, you know, they wanted well, to move it, into let, their let homes? Me, let me, not, not to be misunderstood, let me, let me say something to clarify what I just said. If you drill down deep enough, sooner or later you strike slavery. I mean, the mm-hmm. war, the 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 fundamental foundational reason was slavery. Uh, the South, <clears throat> all of their states' rights uh, talk, well, you say, well, you have the states have rights. The rights to do what? The answer was to have slaves. Um, the uh, If you read the literature, you read the letters, and you read the documents before the war, and then you read what was written and said after the war, you see two completely different narratives. Um, all of the states that seceded had slavery, was mentioned slavery in their articles of secession. Uh, this lost cause business that came up later, uh, the saying that, well, we fought for a noble cause and we knew it was a lost cause to begin with, that the, the inevitability of a, of a union win is a post-war construction. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, nobody could foresee, would have predicted Appomattox in 1861 or 1862. Uh, the South, either side could have won that war. The South didn't have to win uh, militarily. All they had to do was fight to a tie. All they had to do, whichever civilian population gave up first, they right. win the war. And mm-hmm. the northern morale, the northern, northern civilian population was very close to caving in the summer of 1864. And if they had fought to a tie, if, if the northern civilian population had given up, then uh, the South would have won that war. That, see... See, I mean, think about, I Vietnam. You, think about Vietnam, but right. tell me that the United States is not more overpower, overwhelmingly industrially more powerful than the Viet Cong. Were. Oh, right. We were. Right. And what happened? You know, it would have been the same thing in the Civil War. Well, could have been. That's yeah, that's the blink that happens. Uh, but I I am so 
happy that someone like you is here uh, to, to put it in context. And that's, and that's what I wanted to try and do is just like study your history books, study what this, what this is all about. And you know, when I'm not trying to make this comparison, when The Exorcist came out, The Exorcist was such a, <laughs> now you're going like, what does this have to do with the Civil War? Okay, are you ready? I'm going to make be this good. time. I'm listening. There we <laughs> go. Yeah, I'm excited. Time. <laughs> so um, the, people go see this movie, scares the bejesus, bejesus out of them, and they all, what do they do? They go to the Bible because the quotes that were in there and all that happened, people will start going and going, I've got to read my Bible and see, is this really true? Is this, is this true? Well, and I think that that fear that, that was in them drove them to find the history of this, to, to figure this out. That's what you wish would happen in this, in this instance, that the, the uncertainty and all this chaos and this violence and all this is going to happen. Then go back to the history, find the history of it, the education of it, and you won't be as afraid. And when people start reading the Bible and going like, oh, okay, well, I understand. The devil's a fearful thing and it's horrible, but there's a way out of this. <laughs> there's a way out. We can, we can be better. We can be okay with each other. So in your history class next time, i say, we're going to talk about the reasons why the exorcist in the Civil War has so much in common. <laughs> okay, listen, you're listening to the Sydney Cocker Show. Yes, you are. And we will be right back for our last segment. So don't go away for the golden words uh, spewing from this guy's mouth that you want to make sure you capture. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce Chamber Chat. The show airs on the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Join hosts Courtney Galley and Brian Bondi as they chat about the Chamber's events and programs for the month and invite Chamber members into the studio to talk about their upcoming events and businesses. Learn about your Chamber with Chamber Chat every first Tuesday at 11 a.m. Remember, live is better. And if you can, join me Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. and interact live on the show through my Facebook page. Let's get your morning started. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Well, 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 well. I'm sitting here just having this great conversation that as a as a listener and a viewer of television, I'm always wishing that they would show what I missed, you know, when you come back from a break. Well, both both of us got caught up in conversation and we just didn't realize that, that we were already back. <laughs> We've got a show to do. Right? <laughs> and the show must go on for crying out loud. Um, I, I, I pleaded with uh, Denton to tell these stories that he had told me and uh 
this one is really cool. Another story about Robert E. Lee and uh, how he was working hard to reconcile the two, the division that was happening in the country. And it was there already, but it was uh, it was really bad after the war and trying to get people to move back together and move forward. So tell me the story. About well, there's the a beautiful story about uh, a, a reconciliation type story. It happened in 1868 in Rockbridge Bath Resort. He went for his first vacation. Uh, there, I'm assuming this is in Rockbridge County, Virginia. But they had a nightly dance called the Treadmills, and uh, there were uh, there was a, a, a girl there who was um, written to be very beautiful, uh, but her father was her father was a um, they were in the South, but her father stayed out of the uh, was a Union man. He stayed out of the war and he made a ton of money. And a lot of the other girls that were there. Uh, and other people that were there, their fathers had gone into service for the South and lost everything, including their lives, some of them. And so she was resented. She was uh, ostracized. And, uh, and and so they had this dance, and she's in the other room um, reading and just by herself and everything. And she looked up, and she saw this. She looked down, and she saw in front of her this, this shiny uh, pair of shoes. And she looked up, and there was a smiling... Robert E. Lee, and he extended his hand and, and asked her for a dance. And he had daughters. He knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were talking. They, oh, they yeah. Told her, and, and so he asked her to dance and went out on the dance floor and danced with her and then escorted her back <clears throat> to her seat. And after that, there was just a flood. Everybody came in. Everybody wanted to, you know, they needed include permission. her. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. They needed permission. Now, listen, there's probably not a hundred, any, this was never written about. There were no telegrams that went out or newspaper articles. Uh, and, and nobody outside of the probably hundred people that were there knew about this or saw this. Right. But it's an example of his character. And it's an, it's an example of his constant um, behavior to bring the country back together and to reconcile. And it was uh uh, a gentlemanly thing to do at the time, but uh, it was bigger than that. You know, mm-hmm. he was trying to convince all these people in the South to pick up and move on and get over it and be civil and and really? treat each other like human beings again and to bring the country back together again. And have some civil peace. Right. That would be, that would be different. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of our understanding of the Civil War comes from Gone with the Wind. That was, right. That's our impression of it. And it was, uh, you know, the the Southern people came off as kind of uh, goofy, you know, and like uh, uh, dogmatic about things and just totally not understanding. And that's why Clark Gable looks so good trying to explain <laughs> to them, you know, guys don't know what you're, you know, what you're asking for and that uh, and he how he played both sides against the middle and and and, uh it was it was interesting i think it it brought out a lot of the because i was a little kid when i saw it i re-saw it i didn't see it in 36 in 1936 i saw it you know when they when they brought it back and uh it was amazing i mean it was just like you're you're like what and then shenandoah came out jimmy stewart Mm -hmm. and that was another you know angle of, of looking at it and all so i think that we our understanding of that time comes from movies and a lot of times we don't read the you know the direct recollection of the people that were there and what was you know what happened and uh and see it through their eyes and i thank you for doing that that's that's amazing and i i'm interested um in 
Jake, because of your age and he's in college, just, you know, second year of college, right? Third year of college, you're graduating, you've got your own company. I'm, I'm, I'm so right. up with everything. Okay. <laughs> I've been in college way, way longer than two years, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought you just. Started. I squeezed four into five. <laughs> I'm taking a celebratory lap. <laughs> And uh, he's doing it all online. So this guy doesn't even, you know, he's not even having the interaction of the the uh, uproar that happens in colleges. And the, but I don't think I, Sam I, Houston's like that, right? Sam oh Houston. yeah, of course it is. They have um, those kind last, of people. Last year when um, you saw the officers get attacked, um, and you had the one young lady that you know spoke out and made a very vulgar comment about saying basically he deserved it and you know he should suffer and trying to basically defend those who attacked the, the police officer she was a sam houston student oh she made a national cnn you know Fox that's News. important this yeah. is totalitarian behavior yeah. and political violence of any kind ought to be condemned and put down uh in the strongest possible terms well I, I mean as a as a youth uh, and how i view it i, I I see, I see a lot of younger people getting more involved, and they're not doing it necessarily for the right reasons, mm -hmm. and they're not going about it in the right way. Why would I try to um, remove anger or hate with anger and hate? That just doesn't. Right. Two, two evils don't make a, a good. Right? Well, That's and right. when you're when you're trying to prevent somebody else from speaking, you're trying to prevent somebody else from exercising their First Amendment right, and you're using violence to do that. You've got a mask on, you're blowing up buildings, you're lighting fires, you're smashing windows. You're engaging in violence to prevent somebody from speaking, and yet you're holding a sign that says, say no to fascism. <laughs> you know, the irony yeah. of that is that, but that's the level of ignorance we're talking about. No, the the irony right. of that is totally lost on no, these No, oh yeah, that's that's right. And, and to interview them on the street is even, when people try and do that, is so, I mean, that's what people need to see uh, more of it's so eye-opening going like these kids don't have a clue why they're there and that they're there because it's a excuse to go wow well, and that's the problem they're there for the wrong reasons yeah. and and i'm not one who's you know very you know politically active as much as i should be i voted in the last presidential election i did everything along those lines go but i'm not one who's going to necessarily speak out in my political beliefs because i think that's something that should stay more private and close to close to the vest and so totally I'm, you're right yeah and and that's just the way i am but a lot of these kids they're not there trying to speak out for social justice or anything they're trying to get their 15 minutes of fame but it, it's it, what's hard is when the identity of whatever you have voted for um and whatever party you're in becomes you know something that people in the news the media and all that has as deemed evil then we got a problem because it is uh i can't be accepted for who i you know voted for i can't be accepted for what i see as a good policy and this is what we should do it and call me a nazi and call me you know the the names that they call people that would vote one way or the other it just it's ridiculous i mean it's just like do you not Hear what you're becoming. You're becoming exactly what you think you're fighting for. It just doesn't make sense. So, well, and you also, you know, they're going to have the problem that the South had uh, during the uh, Civil War, and that is that you you can't claim protection from the Constitution while you're simultaneously in rebellion against it. Exactly. That's exactly very well said. Thank you so much. Um, I do want to want to tell people. Um, 
Denton, how can people find you and find the all the things that you've done? How can they find you? Oh, boy, I'm pretty easy to find. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> let's give out your number. Your number is nine. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Call my house. Uh, yeah, call- <laughs> uh, you know, if uh, probably the uh, the easiest way would be the, the there's a Facebook page that the Sam Houston movie uh, has. Mm-hmm. Um, you could search <clears throat> Sam Houston. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the title of the Facebook page is. It's been so long since I've looked at it. It's more than just Sam Houston because you get Sam Houston, Fort Sam Houston, and everything mm-hmm. that comes up. If you, so it's uh, uh, American Sun, Texas Legend. Sam Houston, American Sun, Texas Legend. Sam that, Houston, American Sun, Texas Legend. That'll get you to the Facebook page. The other mm-hmm. is the companion website to uh, the documentary on Houston's life, which is simply samhoustonmovie.com. So as far as like the movie goes, did you go up to uh, Sam Houston and go do the museum tour of the house and everything up there? Oh, uh, we we spent a lot of time. How up there. accurate is everything? I mean, is all the information there pretty accurate and stuff it, like that? We, you mean in the movie or at the museum? No, at the museum it? itself. I mean, I would imagine yeah, it's pretty yeah, accurate. It, but it is. Because that's have you ever done that, Cindy? Uh, yes, and I'm, that's awesome. And they have all they have artifacts, yeah. the real artifacts, and they do recreations in the movie and all that and. Uh, so they spent a lot, of, I mean, like I can tell you years. I was a young person, about 120 pounds whenever they started this. I, I remember Denton coming in as a young boy. Was that in 1422? <laughs> <laughs> if I had something I could throw at you. Uh, but uh, I remember Denton coming in there as a, a young boy and starting this, <laughs> this project. It was amazing how long they took and so dedicated to this. This You just kept hearing about it and he would not give up. He was so persistent. And so he got to know all, you know, like relatives of Sam Houston mm-hmm. and talked to them in, in the interviews and everything. It's, it's I an amazing. Two, I had places. two criteria for the film. One is that uh, it had to be beautiful with all the shots that we, in Virginia and Tennessee and Texas, you know, there's no excuse for the film not being beautiful. And the second is the, the history had to be bulletproof. I said, if A, we can't prove mm-hmm. it, we're not going to say it. We're, we're going to drill gonna... all the way to the bottom and we're going to, and if we can't prove it, then we'll just say, uh, we don't know or mm-hmm. we think or there's some reason to believe or something like that. But right. we only did that on a couple of occasions. If we couldn't prove it, we didn't put it out there. There you go. That's what I love about it. Denton Florian, thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate it. We, we, we'll get well, thank back you. Again. It's fun to be here again. Well, uh, listen, uh, tomorrow we're going to have... We're gonna the, the we're gonna of. have best of. We're gonna do Don Wilson and we're gonna do uh, Denton on, on Friday. Thursday. Yeah, on Friday. So you'll get to hear if you missed anything. Don't forget to uh, email the studio about and, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. <laughs> my my uh, my Tina Lockhart is here, and Tina Lockhart has already got three books three weeks booked in advance. I will have guests out the wazoo. It's so amazing. I love this. I don't know what the wazoo means. Anyway, you're listening to Cindy Cochran Show, and you have been listening to it, and we'll be uh, on tomorrow, 10 to 11, and, and suddenly 9 to 10, pre-recorded, and then you come listen to us at 10 o'clock. Okay. All right, guys. I'm so happy to be here with you. Cindy Cochran Show, real reality radio. Hi, this is Cindy Cochran, and I want to thank you for checking out the Cindy Cochran Show and invite you to listen live every weekday morning from 10 to 11 on FM 106.1 and on 104.5 and globally on IRLoneStar.com. The show you just fell in love with was recorded and will be posted on our podcast channels on iTunes and Google Play. You can even watch the show on our YouTube and on TV with our City TV Channel 12 on Suddenly. So make sure to subscribe to keep up with me. 
My Facebook page, The Cindy Cochran Show, is always a good place to contact me through messages, to interact live on the air and ask questions, make suggestions, whatever. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.